this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Bald Move Television Podcast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for literally all of television. Uh, we are taking a break from our all of television bulwark to to zoom down and talk about the season finale of castle rock which wrapped up this week just a couple days ago uh i'm your host aaron i'm jim almost forgot that part super Mm -hmm. important to identify ourselves uh because otherwise we're just disembodied voices we could be the voice of god could be the voice of satan we could be be the the voice voice of henry the the cosmic turtle maturin from Mm -hmm. from the stephen king mythos um what did you think about the two episode arc that we ended on and i guess we can talk about the season uh, the season as a whole because there is a second season coming um it's been renewed we know we're going to get another one what's your, what's your thought on the season so far uh i would say overall the show did not quite grip me um it felt at times a little bit messy i guess i'm not like super into the horror mystery thing that it was going for mm-hmm. um it, it felt lostish at times where they were trying to confuse me for the sake of confusing me and i just didn't feel like it paid off in a big enough way to warrant it are you saying that a jj abrams mystery box series actually uh-huh. had nothing in the box that warranted your att- is, is that what you're trying to say here no 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 <laughs> i would never say that jj abrams left you hanging uh of course not I mean, if anything, my viewpoints are yours only a little bit angrier. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. Because I felt I, I actually really like this. The first two or three episodes, mm-hmm. uh, the second that the, the kid got out of prison, I thought this thing started losing steam and started giving. And then like it picked up like I, I like the God, like hearing the voice of God, the the what do they call it? The buzz, the, the schema, the schema. Schisma, uh, the yeah. schisma. Um, I really, really like Sissy, uh, Sissy Spacex. Um, you know, little her trying to figure out how and and why she's flipping through time, and she thinks she's losing. I don't think she's losing her mind now. I think she's just sensitive to whatever weakening the space time fabric is. Mm-hmm. And then we got to episode was it nine, nine and ten, or is it seven and eight? Um, these last two episodes where they just flipped the script on us and showed us the kid being Henry Deaver and the, what we know is Henry Deaver prime being the kid. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the, okay. All right. You have <laughs> definitely got me sitting up and paying attention. What are you going to do with it? And I thought it was very disappointing that the fi- finale episode is essentially a rehash of the shining 
uh, right down to the set pieces of a child retracing his, space, his steps in the snow to avoid a wrathful, irrational father. Mm-hmm. And like by the time he got around to the kid showing his wrinkly butthole, the white, fr- white walker from Game of Thrones face, I was like, fuck this show. Fuck this show. Yeah. Uh, like his creepy smile at the end. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hard out on this show. Um, I think that nothing in the last two hours was worth my investment of 10 hours of time. Um, I like a lot of things about it. I, it's, it's a well done, it's a well made show. Um, it's got very engaging and appealing actors. I just do not care about the core material. And this is why I kind of compare it to lost is they gave some answers, but they opened up so many more questions that like, they kind of kicked the can down the road on a lot of things. Like the, the big question I had was what is up with this kid? Yeah. And they only half answered that, right? They, they half answer uh, the portion about where he came from and who yeah. he used to be. They don't actually answer the questions about whether he's evil or whether this is the town that's evil or why does his 300 year old butthole face look like that? You know, he, that was the central mystery that I was looking for answers on and they never quite like that's the thing they set up at the very beginning and I guess I'm not really here to follow this through multiple seasons that that was not the arc I was looking for I was looking more for the town and and the behind the scenes like it the the idea of thinnies I guess is what they're called which are areas of of the world uh or the space-time fabric as you called it which are very thin and the worlds kind of bleed into each other. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, honestly, the, the game of Thrones book, I just co-wrote with this guy. We delve into this concept of thin spaces. Um, and that's, that's yeah. like a, that's a cross cultural kind of phenomenon. The idea that there's spaces and times where like Halloween, for example, where the, the boundary between the material and immaterial plane is weakened to the point you can penetrate it. So like, I'm, yeah. I, and they, I, they give some answers on that. Um, they, they at least explain what those things are kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess I was looking for more of a, is, is Castle Rock the thing here that we're supposed to be focused on? Is the kid the thing that we're supposed to be focused on? And they don't really give me any hints as to which is the right answer there. Hey, uh, before we go any further, I want to talk about things going on here at baldmove.com. Uh, for club members, the we've started up the Empire series. It's a behind-the-scene look here at Bald Move. Uh, we're starting to drop those. We've got six to eight topics planned, so we're going to be doing one of those a week until we run out. That's the seasonal club content. Also, we're covering Better Call Saul Season 4. Don't forget, again, if you're a club member, that there is a whole instant talk part of the podcast that happens right after the show first airs on Monday night that you can participate through the YouTube chat. Uh, Cecily and I are starting up our coverage American Horror Story Season 8. That's right. We can't believe it either. Uh, Jim and I are tackling the deuce every Tuesday on the Bald Move TV feed, the feed you're listening to right now. Also tonight, we're going to see the Nick Cage horror film Mandy. Uh, Last week, we checked out The Nun. That's on the first run Bald Movies feed. Uh, And that's what's going on at BaldMove.com this week. So I've got... um, Josh F. sent in a popular theory that I saw like the yesterday on Reddit uh, that I already want to talk about my notes. Um, I still want to talk about his feedback when we get to the feedback section, but it's essentially this. If you were expecting to get a satisfying answer at the end of the season, then you weren't paying attention because this opened with a defense attorney talking about reasonable doubt and what you would need to convict. And then this whole season has given us circumstantial evidence about the kid being 
a conduit for evil or whatever. And, you know, what, what, what would make you certain enough to, to give that kid the death penalty? And Mm -hmm. then we shouldn't be surprised, therefore, that the hero character essentially comes with the same compromise that all the men in town before, which is let's just indefinitely confine this guy, I guess, with no due process, because that's justice. But I, I mean, I'm already taking a piss at the take. Um, I do think that's exactly what the show were because I've read some interviews. I do think that's exactly what the showrunners were going for. But mm-hmm. I also think they had to know that that was a high risk play, especially with the pedigrees of the people involved here. Uh <laughs> Right. Like and, what do you what what do you what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what they were going for. I guess the big difference in my my ultimate feeling on it, like, oh, you should have known you weren't going to get any answers, is that's not necessarily true. I look at a show like The Leftovers, right, where mm-hmm. there is a big overarching mystery, but each season is self-contained in a way that yes. you feel extremely satisfied coming down the other side of that. Yes, uh, this show. I did not. I felt like there were so many unanswered questions that actually needed answers. Unlike, you know, the, the departure, it didn't need an answer. The show never said, Hey, this needs an answer. So I guess I felt less than satisfied in that regard. I mean, it's just bizarre because like, uh, the reason that, you know, you mentioned the leftovers, which I think, um, I choose to believe that Damon Lindelof learn things from the, yeah. the the experience of writing the lost in the way jj abrams with the force awakens and castle rock maybe still needs to learn um is that you know lost was a great show because of its characters and because of the interplay of those characters the science fiction pastiche that they welded on top of it to, to sell it to executives was beside the point mm-hmm. and like the leftovers is the ultimate example of that like the whole it's like hey I'm going to put these people on a mysterious island, but we're never going to address the island. Like, people might spend, but we're never going to give a sad, like, and now just shut up and enjoy the characters. I felt like the last two or three hours of this television series did damage to the characters because it essentially says, through the looking glass, a morally upright person can be the devil, and the devil can be a morally upright person. And, you know, no one, no, no none of these characters, like, but, but also, like, there is also not a lot of fundamental difference between the characters from alternate universes. Like, I don't know what I was expecting, like, you know, an evil Molly with a mustache and goatee, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're, I, 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 it's simultaneously here. And here's the problem. Like it's simultaneously not engaging enough for me to ponder a deep, like navel gazing mystery. Like, Oh my God, what would you, if you, found the devil in the form of a young man what would you do um like i just don't i don't care enough to engage at at the mystery and this show has taught me that if i do want to engage and start playing that guessing game that it doesn't it's not going to matter because the the show itself might be interested in doing some kind of more clever clever rhetorical trick than actually satisfying world building yeah And and i'm just not inclined to give shows that much credit anymore because you know I, what? I, frankly, it's not even about credit. It's about time. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have five seasons to get around to the point of this show. Yeah. Uh, and, and also five years from now, it'll still be on Hulu. And if it's amazing, I can ch- I don't even have to drive my fat <laughs> ass down to Blockbuster to get the series anymore. I can just like, oh, yeah, I heard that it really wrapped up satisfying and come back to it. Like, I, and, I don't know. And, and I think and, p- part of the problem here is that it's trying too hard to be this pastiche of Stephen King. 
Yes. Um, I think that's kind of getting in the way of the overall story. And you can look at the the final scene after the credits roll uh, mm-hmm. is Jackie Torrance sitting down and essentially writing the book of The Shining. Right. And I'm like, okay, that adds just like a, a wink and a nod to the people who are familiar even at a high level with Stephen King, right? You don't have to be a fanatic right. to get that one. Uh, but along the way, I felt like they have tried to shoehorn those nuggets in there and it's mm-hmm. caused the the series to kind of show its cracks a little bit. Right. It and, felt messy at times. And like, I, I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan in the world. So like a lot of this stuff is probably just going over my head or I was distracted. But like when you're lifting entire acts from other Stephen King products like I I felt I felt very frustrated the wrap up of Henry Deaver and his father from the uh I guess or are we going to call this Henry Prime the Andre Holland version or you just wanted to go black Henry white Henry I black do Henry that white Henry sure uh, it's like, like a chessboard uh, like, right yeah that that whole that whole like when I find when I finally realized well this is literally going to be the shining and it never there was no twist like I don't know, like Fargo doesn't do that. Fargo does a lot of like, oh, recognize this familiar situation and this theme from a Coen Brothers film, which all the already I think Coen Brothers. I don't know. That's a pretty dangerous statement to say that Coen Brothers universe is wider than Stephen King's is. But hmm. I don't know. I mean, they do comedies. I don't think Stephen King has ever done a comedy novel. Maybe I could be <laughs> wrong. But you know, like even when they do that like you don't have to you don't have to be aware of it to understand what's going on and they never ever like if they're going to take go down like a fargo path there's going to be a u-turn there's going to be a fork in the road there's going to be something and i was just really disappointed with this being like like most of this the like not only was most of the season influenced by like the shining but i felt like the entire ending was essentially just the shining and Steven, mm-hmm. even, even like the idea of there being an older version of this person looking back at like Stephen King did that because, uh, he continues the character. I forget the boy's name, but there's like a whole series of novels where this kid grows up and is yeah. still tormented by otherworldly forces. And I, I, I don't know. I, it, it left me pretty cold and it seems like it's a pretty sharply divided reaction amongst the fan base too. So I feel like I'm not going out on a limb by saying, it 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 left me a little cold, and I wonder if it does come down to just Stephen King fandom. Like, if you are steeped in the Stephen King, the Stephen King averse, uh, maybe this hits a little bit better for you because you kind of yeah. get what they're going for. Whereas, to me, someone who's on the fringes of that and barely understands any of it, I get the very most obvious references, but the rest of it feels like a mess. Uh, and you know that's the history that Stephen King products. Uh, translated to television have right they, they're never quite as satisfying as you want them to be or even as stephen king himself wants them to be right right and you maybe f- it's just that his concepts are so fundamentally hard to transfer right that that you can't do it in simple terms yeah it's not just even that because like i read a lot about that little stranger movie that we saw and we both are like man this thing it felt like it's building something that just didn't go anywhere and um people that read that reviewed that from a book perspective 
we're sharing that opinion, but they're saying like there's just something creepier about being inside a person's POV and not knowing, mm-hmm. you know, like like from this character's perspective, you're you're getting this very unreliable narration where the movie has got us, you know, it's 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 a camera point of view that's outside this guy's head, and we're seeing the house as it really is, and we're seeing the characters as they really is, and you can't play all these like rhetorical creepy games that build up the tension, and that's what you know Stephen King. Uh, has scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I had a memorable. Uh, uh, I took uh, like the. I I remember being very afraid because I read the the book The Shining right after we did our our movie review of it. Um, but also like I have a memorable experience of taking a, a collection of his short stories into a cave with me and reading that by cave uh, by candlelight after everyone else <laughs> had gone to bed in this dark underground subterranean cave and just scaring the shit out of me just because he's got this way of weaving these things with words. But when you show it, I but I, you know, it the movie it is is a pretty faithful translation of the story, which I, I haven't read, but it worked. It was a very scary movie. Hmm. Um up until the third act when it did stop becoming scary. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to beat up on it because what, now let me ask you this. Uh, my wife hasn't seen this yet because her schedule didn't allow her to watch two hours of television last night. Uh, she's going to finish it. Uh, I know your girlfriend is a big Stephen King fan. Has she finished it? Uh, not yet. She's one Shit. episode from the okay. end. Cause I was like, I was, I would want, I was wanting to get a, an opinion from like one died in the wolves. And I know your, your girlfriend's a huge Stephen King fan. Like she's got like all of them in hardcover and she's got a big collection and she's proud of it. So like, I was really hoping to get her the, 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 this because like, I kind of feel like it's a liability if you have to be a giant Stephen King fan sure. to get that extra juice for the show. There's a lot of Stephen King fans, but not like, you know, like not enough to make a reliable television audience, especially with your Hulu, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And like, so w- what is your take on that teaser scene for next next season? Oh, I, d- I don't even know if it's a teaser more than like a. Like I said, it's it's literally seems to just be a wink and a nod at the people who really, you know, wanted this to be the shining at the end. And mm. she's essentially saying, oh, it is, and I'm writing a book about it. Uh, but she's kind of the Jack Torrance. Ca- it's, a, it's a weird thing. It's mm. a weird remix of The Shining uh, in TV form. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like that everything Stephen King has written about has happened in real life in this world. Like that this okay. universe contains, yeah. like that's what, because like I'm, I'm of the opinion that the shining novel actually happened and like people are aware of it, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what, and that's, that's, that's really weird. It'd be like, if I told you that in the Fargo universe, well, I guess that is kind of true. There is like a hints that the Fargo universe, the movie contain, you know, but like maybe Fargo, but like, um, not all of the, like, like raising Arizona didn't happen in the Fargo universe. Right. right. Hail Caesar didn't happen in the Fargo universe. If you're saying everything Stephen King has touched happened in this, this universe, I think that's a super compelling idea. But like, I I'm not super interested in Jackie Torrance's writing of The Shining. Like, no, and I don't think it's meant to like interest you in next season. Well, because there's a whole bunch of people saying, "Oh, well, next year is going to be literally The Shining is going to be in an Overlook type hotel, and it's going to be this small." And I'm like, "Where? Where is? Is that? I don't. I don't know if that's coming from the creators or if that's just fan spe- fan speculation or." Yeah, I mean, it's got to be fan speculation. I I assume because 
look at how this ends, right? We're still in uh, Castle Rock. We're back at the same place we were before. Right. Uh, I don't think we're just going to abandon the Henry Deaver stuff, mm-hmm. and we're never mm-hmm. going to find out answers about the, the kid and whether he's evil, are we? Well, I mean, so here's the thing. I feel like the kid's evil, open and shut. Why do now, you say that? That might not be true in the other universe. There might be like a fragment of the devil that's been split between alternate versions of Henry Deaver, but like, there's no fucking way that he turns into a, a White Walker from Game of Thrones and screams in the camera and then flashes that creepy smile. You don't hire as I can't remember what maybe it was Alan Supperwell, maybe it was somebody else, but you don't hire Bill Skarsgård to leer into the camera like that. You don't hire fucking Pennywise, the clown, to leer into the camera like that unless you want the audience to think you're up there's he's up to no good. And if the creators are doing that as a misdirection, then I feel real good about my decision to dip out of this series because that's just not honest filmmaking. Hmm. I guess I didn't read him as literally turning into that monster. Because uh, it was filmed from Henry's point of view. Yeah. So I kind of read that more as this is how Henry perceives him in that moment. Hmm. But I suppose there's an argument to be made with his creepy smile. I mean, yeah. Why else would he, the second Henry shuts the door, why would he grin like an idiot in that? Like if he is, if he's, and, and also like, it's a fact. It like. Uh, they kind of hopped around on both feet, but that escape from the jail is absolutely something the kid did and caused, and it was a fucking. I mean, it, it's that's that's evil. That's evil. This wasn't I mean, him coming to a, uh, a family's home to witness something. This was an evil act that was perpetrated to get him out of the situation that he was in. This wasn't him just lucking into something. And I, I just felt like they 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 showed their hand. And yeah, they might try. They're probably going to try to walk it back next season. But like, I just I don't know, man. I felt that everything about the last two episodes felt intentionally cute or hostile to a viewer who's trying to watch this in good faith. Hmm. And I could be wrong about that, but I'm not going to stick around to find out. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other, like, I don't know, other things that I really want to talk about. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there were, a lot of things that I did appreciate about the show, like you said, the acting uh, in the vast majority of the cases was really good. This is probably your uh, first exposure, real exposure to Andre Holland, right? Mm-hmm. The the Henry Deaver yeah. character, because I've been, you know, he was in American Horror Story, which is whatever. But he was very, very good in the Nick, uh, that, that short-lived uh, uh, Cinemax show. Um, and that's where I kind of like, you know, noticed him. And I thought he did his typical understated, understated role. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- this was the first time I was seeing him. I thought he was great. Uh, obviously, Sissy Spacek and Scott Glenn, they're all awesome. Um, so I-, I thought the acting was really good. I also thought it was in, in spots very, very well shot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, like th- that drone work they do is oh. awesome. Like, do you remember in the, the second to last episode at the opening, they showed like a train crashing into a bus? Yes. That was just looked fucking amazing. And A... It looked great. B, I couldn't believe that they showed that. It, it, you know? is that. Is that the shot that started with like the drone was like centered over the church steeple? 
because there there was a, maybe another shot in the same episode where like the drone was like literally hovering over to point at the steeple and hmm. then it like shifted to the right and it made the whole building look like it's like in, in <laughs> like for a split uh, second it didn't look like the drone moved away it looked like the whole building skewed <laughs> right. and I thought that was a really effective like yeah you're right that that the the, the stuff they're doing with drones now is is amazing yeah and I don't think I've ever seen it better than this show honestly. Mm. Um, so I really appreciated a lot of the cinematography, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, overall the story didn't, didn't grip me. Another piece of evidence about the kid being evil is the new warden. Mm-hmm. Like he carves a picture of her in soap and then she starts to go nuts and then she gets ran over by a bus full of her own inmates. Like that's not a coincidence, right? <laughs> and what was her like? I mean, that's the thing with this show. All of these things could be coincidence. It's just... Where do you put the reasonable doubt? You know, how, how much doubt is reasonable? That's kind of the voiceover throughout this finale episode. And this sounds like, you know, like, you know, well, why? Because, like, we had these same conversations with the leftovers, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're very careful to make sure that this is that these things are not out of the realm of possibility, right? You can't, like, yeah. this guy getting shot and survived in this particular spot, this guy being buried for this amount of time, this you know, this person drowning and that like, like everything was like plausible where to the point where like, okay, if you line them all up and say this happened to one person, now you're talking about in the realms of like implausibility, but I never, I don't know. I always was rooting for the show to, to, to stay on that thing. And the only thing I can come away with is I just think the characters were better. Like it was very hard mm-hmm. to care for characters who, you know, murder people for, reasons that they can't even understand yeah and cause all this like like and to the point where it's like i started to get invested in molly and uh henry deaver's relationship and like okay well this is kind of nice and i kind of am rooting for them to succeed but it that never kind of came together and then it was kind of like i felt cheapened by the fact that like multi-dimensional like like they they're like fated to have that kind of relate that the connection or relationship and it doesn't matter who it's with it's the it's connected to the phenomenon i i don't know there again it's <laughs> like i feel like if the show had gripped me better i would be a lot more entertained with wrestling with those questions yeah. but because it didn't i'm content to be like don't care yeah I, I do think like on the question of doubt about this kid i i guess i do think that he's evil and probably the biggest uh, indicator of that is the fact that he doesn't age for 30 years in that cage mm-hmm. because he starts as what I can only describe as a 25 year old you know right. um, he's out of college uh, right. I, th- I think he's a doctor so he must yeah, be like 25 27 technology thing yeah so he's not a fucking kid I don't know why everybody's calling this old ass 20 something a kid uh, but he doesn't age for 30 years in that cage he does not age so right my well, only my only answer to that is either there's something about being in this other world that keeps him young which we see the we see Henry Deaver age or yeah. the, the black Henry Deaver age so but, that's but, probably not it but but black but but black alternate kid Henry Deaver I don't think does I think you're supposed to understand that in the 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 kids real timeline that the 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 Henry Deaver the black Henry Deaver is still a boy I think. Okay. Um, but 
there again, like so, so like I think that's proof that there's that, that he's supernatural, which I didn't really need any proof of, and I don't know if it proves that he's evil. But here, I mean, maybe the, this Hen- is the, the Henry Deaver that aged, I think, had to come from the other world, right? Because he he shoves his dad off the cliff, but when they find him, don't they say, "Hey, you've got no frostbite," and the only way he could not have frostbite out there for that many days is if he came from the other world. Well, I think it, I think whatever you believe happened to both Henry Deavers, they essentially trade places in their respective universes. So the 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 universe that we live in, or the, the like, the Prime Universe, the 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 kid got pulled into, and the child Henry Deaver stayed there, probably infected hmm. with a demon, and then and our and then the other thing the. Yeah, I don't know. It's like See, I said. I, I don't. I don't know that that's true. I think only think the so? kid ever crossed over into this other world. Maybe, huh? Maybe, maybe Henry Black Henry Deaver goes to the other world. But but uh, but he found like that's back. the thing. Like he found the kid. The the kid we're calling kid found uh-huh. kin kid Henry Deaver chained up in his basement. Right. Okay. And had all those hmm. had all those video had all those audio tapes of his father, the the, mm-hmm. the Matt Deaver, right? Of of like his experience watching him the same way Warden Lacey had the experience of watching the kid. Yeah, that's true. And they're both kids because now like the nomenclature makes it infuriatingly impossible to have a conversation <laughs> about it on a fucking podcast without showing their fucking picture. So yeah, anyway, but, yeah. So I think I think he's evil based on the idea that he doesn't age. But here's the other thing is like, you know, like like Josh F's theory here about like, well, this is all about reasonable doubt and like, mm-hmm. you know, how sure like I guess I don't agree with Andre Holland's definition of reasonable doubt. Like he's like, sure. I need a execution warrant signed by God himself. Well, fuck you. You will never yeah. convict anyone in a court of law if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And maybe and honestly, I'm a little bit like that when you're talking about the death penalty. But like uh, if I, Aaron Hubbard, saw the crazy shit happened, I absolutely blow uh, and like like culminating in him turning into a frost monster in front of me, and the jail then the jail sequence and all the crap since this guy's got out, I'd take I'd roll the dice I'd roll the dice and blow his brains out, and then <laughs> then if this weird uh, shit kept kept happening, I would uh then then I guess I'd blow my brains out. But like if everything was cool, like I just like I, I think that a reasonable person in Henry Deaver in 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 Henry Deaver's shoes would make the same choice. And the fact that he went back to the flawed containment strategy. And I guess the other thing is like, so if you contain him at Shawshank uh, and it works, then why wouldn't you just go ahead and kill him? Is that what the kid wants? I don't know. I don't Here again, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I bump up against the I don't care enough problem with that because because <laughs> uh-huh. the other thing I don't understand is if this is some kind of powerful demonic force that has a chance every 27 years or whatever to escape this and go into the human world. It seems like this spirit is content to play tiddlywinks. Like it's not trying to become the antichrist of the world. It's just causing mayhem at a, on a very, very regional scale. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of, you know, I, I, I never, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I never asked that question with Pennywise. Like, why, you know, because I guess that, like, felt like more of an entity that was, like, based in a particular time and place. And there's this whole, se- like, I, I don't know why I have questions about, like, well, if I'm a demon and this is how I work, why am I, con- why am I content with playing these, these low stakes power struggles? 
Mm-hmm. What shouldn't I like want to actually do some moving and shaking? Shouldn't I want to do evil on a cosmic scale? Like it's it's way too small to be like if there was a demon in the town of Mooresville where I grew up, I'd just be like, well, stay out of Mooresville and it'll be okay. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, like like Molly does. Move away it, to Florida the Keys. And- yeah. If you can change zip codes by and and get away from them, then then there you go. So yeah, it it does. The end of this does raise the question: like, what does white henry deaver want if he's evil why is he what is he doing with the the gates here the thinny areas uh when it comes to the black henry deaver right why is he trying to get him out in the woods why is he trying to get him through the gate uh is that some larger plan larger grander scale of evil uh is he trying to eliminate one piece on the board that could possibly take him out right uh and we i guess those are some of the many, many questions I have at the end that right. I'm not quite interested enough to stick around to. Yeah, because if I was like the care, I'd see I like my leading theory was that like somehow this demon soul, whatever, has been split into two and he half of him resides in both Henry Deavers on the opposite sides of the gate and he needs them to go back and like it's like Riker when he gets split yes exactly Thomas and Will need to get put back together and it's not going to happen so uh (laughs) but there again like I you know I don't really I I don't I don't have the urge to you know because some shows do like I get like I get the itch I'm on the forums and I'm reading I'm on reddit and I'm reading and uh I was interested in doing that and then by the time I got caught up to the series I no longer was interested. Like the first three seasons, hmm. the first three episodes, I might, I might have been on Reddit and like, okay, I want to see the theory craft and I want to see all the Easter eggs and all that. And maybe that would have gotten, given me momentum to keep going and I've been more invested. But by the time I got caught up in like episode five, the urge to dig deeper into this thing was, was largely gone. I want to say one other thing. Um, I don't know if you got other things that you want to talk about, but can we discuss the, this format on Hulu? Like Hulu is one of the few streaming services that is experimenting with a one a week format. They did yeah. that with uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Uh, they they're they're doing that. I mean, there's a, it's a modified, right? They drop a couple to get you hooked, and then they mm-hmm. start spooling it out. Overall, I think that's a good thing. I think I think it's a very good thing because people are talk, been talking about Castle Rock for for two months. I don't know that I would have watched Castle Rock if they had released all 10 episodes. People discussed it for a week and a half and then moved on. It's because I mm-hmm. kept hearing about Castle Rock. It's because Castle Rock kept bubbling to the top of the Bald Move forums. Uh, because people in the pop culture universe were discussing it, it pulled me in. And I feel like a lot of that stuff that gets dropped out and has a two-week shelf life um, is is losing all that word-of-mouth marketing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And certainly from my perspective as a a guy who podcasts about television for a living, Mm -hmm. uh, these one a week releases are far better because Mm -hmm. like you said, it keeps people engaged for months at a time, not just a week and a half, two weeks, and then it's gone. Right. I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think that the binge model essentially encourages people to just glut themselves and engage on something at a very superficial way and then discard it and move on to the next thing and like if there's anything that could destroy the golden age television maybe it's that (laughs) you know Uh because like if you're if you only engage in something superficial why why put in the sweat equity to make it something more 
You know? No, it's weird because that format, the binge, just drop it all at once format, mm-hmm. seems to solve a problem that everybody has, which is I want my stuff when I want it, right? right. Like it's I want it on demand. I want it, like if I want to sit down and watch the whole thing, I should be able to. It seems like a good thing on the surface. And I'm not certain that it's not overall a good thing yet. Uh, mm. What I am certain is that it makes my job harder. And that yeah. when somebody comes along and does this on a streaming platform one a week, uh, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I I kind of agree because I mean I I don't know because it is fun to binge a show, but I always thought that sure. that was like one of the pleasures of finding a show that you're a little bit behind on is like, oh man, yeah, Breaking Bad. Oh shit, they're on season four. I'm on season. I got I I can just sit and gorge on this thing that I really enjoy, and I can mm-hmm. go like at my own. But like that, it's so weird in our today. But you had the freedom of that, right? Because like if you're three four years behind a Breaking Bad, you're probably not going to get spoiled. You can consume it at your own pace. These shows, like, there is that spoiler phobe theory that, like, oh, my God, if I don't inhale this as fast as I can, then I'm going to blunder on the Internet and someone's going to spoil something for it. And, like, so it encourages, like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just, and, and, you know, maybe it's, 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 everybody's got a different... Uh, a take on it but like i don't enjoy the idea of like having to watch 13 hours of television in the space of 24 hours if i don't have to hmm. like yeah. that's like that to me is like a vacation kind of thing to do not something you just do st- day in day out but you know you got kids you got pets you got plans you got a business to run like i don't know everybody's different but yeah i i, I just want to comment on that because like hulu seems like they're one of the few places that are willing to experiment with that format and i I always hope that they're successful. I hope that like, you know, the other platforms see that and maybe it's not for every show, but like for these prestige shows, I do think that one week two a week, whatever the pace is, it's got to be good because it allows people to catch up. It allows people to have a unified discussion. Uh, it allows it to have a long tail. It allows it to stay, hang around in the public's conscious for a while. Well, I would think if I'm Netflix and I'm looking mm-hmm. at this, I would think you would want a long tail. Because it means you don't have to produce, you know, 10 TV shows every 10 weeks. Right. You can produce one TV show for 10 weeks and keep right. the audience engaged. Now, that sh- one show is not going to hit everybody. And I get right. like, kind of a shotgun demographics approach. Right. But that that is that is a much harder thing to maintain. It, it's like if you if you're, you know, working an office job and your boss puts you on a fucking treadmill while you do your job. Right. And you have to run while you do that job. It makes it much, much harder. And I feel like that's what Netflix is trying to do. And I don't know if it's in an effort to kind of play some catch up with HBO, right? Because HBO has this massive back catalog right, of, right. of quality television that they built up over decades. Uh, Netflix didn't have that to start. So maybe they do this to catch up. And then once they get to a place where they feel comfortable with their catalog, they start you know, backing off a little bit on the, the frequency of releases. Yeah. But because, uh, because I mean, that's what I would be thinking if I were them. I'm like, man, can we sustain the, the pace that we've set for ourselves? Right. Cause like Netflix alone puts out like six networks worth of content a year. Absolutely. Like it's cause yeah. it's not like the difference between like one show a week and t- like they're, they're doing, there's three ma- fairly major shows or movies that come out on Netflix every goddamn week. Yeah, at least. And they're all they all look interesting. Like, I, I you know, I, I'm sure somebody keeps up with it all, but but I certainly can't. 
I got to stop watching the shows I do watch two and three times a piece and 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 doing two hour podcasts on them if I want to do that. <laughs> so uh, anything else you want to talk about in Castle Rock or the business model? Uh, we got a little bit of feedback that I want to consider. Uh, okay, let's let's do that because I'm done. Uh, before we get to feedback, uh, short and sweet uh, advertisement for short and sweet feedback. We got a club. It's the way that Jim and I pay our bills and provide you the podcast that you presumably enjoy. If you'd like to help support us, you can go to club.baldmove.com. Merely going to that website allows you to preview hours of bonus content for free. And if it entices you, you can choose a plan and sign up and start enjoying those benefits immediately. Hell, try them 30 days for free. Just, just yeah, just for today only. Today only, if you sign up, 30 days free. Everybody else, no, that's not, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a steady offer. I'm a bad salesman, decent podcaster, club.baldmove.com. I dropped the Cosmic Turtle, which is like the overall, the god of the Stephen King universe. And Stu hipped me to the fact that uh, the turtle's name is Maturin, named after Stephen Maturin from Aaron's favorite series of books, the Patrick O'Brien series. And he linked me to a Stephen King status where he, in fact, says, yes, I did get that from the Aubrey Maturin book. So I thought that was kind of cool. I had no idea. Uh, Josh F says, so he, he, he sent in an email that essentially talked about the reasonable doubt theory, right? And now this, the show is doing exactly what the showrunners wanted to do. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, he then says, there are many reasons why white Henry Deaver's face could have flashed to look like a white Walker or a severely aged version of himself for half a second, especially since it was from the adopted Henry Deaver's POV reasons that coexist with them telling the truth about who he is and where he comes from. The very least his actions, the finale show that white Henry Deaver believes what he is saying about himself and where he comes from. Um, I, I, I can't explain him unless in this the cell, devil's though. playing a trick, right? You know, you know, I mean the 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 devil does that. The devil will lie to you. The devil will. Uh, I mean, that say was his things. opening act. Is it true what God told you about this fruit tree? Like, it seems kind of kooky that you you know. Exactly. Sounds like he's a, sounds like he's hiding something from you. Ba bam, ba bam. Here comes sin into the world. Yeah. Um, but I, and I still don't like. I don't. I mean, I guess I kind of buy that. It's this final scene of him doing that creepy smile after he's realized he's right back where he began. That doesn't make sense to me uh, for whether he's good or evil. Honestly, if he's it's like, you know, people are like people are writing in the Reddit. It's like, oh, now like it's like now the demons right where he wants to be. And I'm like, well, then what the hell? What? <laughs> what? What? Why didn't I? If he was right where he wanted to be, why did he ever leave? Yeah. I mean, he uh, can he can ar- murder arbitrary numbers of people to get him out and, and into situations. So, like, every single time someone went to go find that tunnel, they should have had a heart attack mm-hmm. uh, or something. Or, like, I don't know, you've struck him blind. Down the stairs, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where's that going? Um, Jeff Josh says, in my opinion, given everything we're shown from the characters, other characters POV, and the fact we were shown things in the last episode about the alternate timeline that Henry didn't say out loud to Molly until this episode when she asks. Therefore, it wasn't just his words, but actual memories in his head. It makes too much sense that white Henry Deaver really is from another timeline where Ruth didn't have a miscarriage and there's no grave that says boy Deaver on it. That grave is obviously what white Henry Deaver was going to show adopted Henry Deaver had he not sent the cops after him to the cemetery meeting site. Fine. Why Henry Deaver allowed himself to do bad things because of the situation he's in, just like the adopted Henry Deaver allowed him to push his dad off the cliff and lock a guy into a kennel cage for, well, forever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I did think it was kind of cool, the idea that 
his mom tried to choke him out. It just didn't work. Um, or he miraculously, I mean, maybe that's when the demon entered him and he's trying to break from one world to the, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm just guessing at this thing's motives. I'm guessing at its nature. And honestly, season one, it, the end of season one is way too late to know who the good guys and bad guys are. Like, sure. Who am I rooting for? and Who am I not rooting for? And if you're trying to get me reasonable doubt in who the protagonist and antagonist of the show is, then I mean, I salute to all the brave people to continue to watch this show. And if I hear in three or four seasons that like this is the best thing on television and it makes everything the whole journey worth it, then I will. I promise I will check it out. But I'm I don't want to be on that ride if it's if it's straight to hell, which is where I think it's going. <laughs> um, that's it. That's our wrap up for uh, Castle Rock. Uh, I don't think Jim and I are going to be talking about it in the future until that mythical four seasons of platinum excellence comes to pass um but uh i don't know a lot of people wanted us to do a wrap-up podcast a lot of people want us to cover it we took a stab at it you can't say we didn't give it the old college try mm-hmm. um and i it's so funny because i felt like my esteem for the show bleeding every single week and getting more and more frustrated and then like you know the sissy space Geek episode to come and i would be buoyed again and then like oh it's a return to four like i i did it i did it i gave it the college try i gave it the college try um but uh there you go uh we're gonna be back next week of course for more of the uh the, the deuce uh if you do have some interesting feedback you want to send in for sharp or not sharp objects geez i'm like three shows behind uh for castle rock go ahead and send it to tv at baldmove.com uh, and if there's some, you know, a really good take that might change your minds on things, we'll we'll definitely consider at the end of uh, next week's podcast. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.